Let's talk a little bit about the housing crisis locally in the province and right across the country and how we envision the communities of the future, not only for the housing crisis, but also for sustainability. And then let's ask if. If we did something about density by decreasing or shrinking the size of homes, would it be a big step in the right direction? Yeah, I'm talking about small homes and small houses. You may have heard about these, seen them, even thought about living in one. We're going to bring in Jake Fry, the founder of Small Housing BC, to talk about planning and communities in the future for small houses in terms of what they might do with the challenges we face today. Jake, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Bruce. I really appreciate it. Jake, I think I set this up well enough, but uh, just so we all know, what are small houses, small homes, and uh, where does it fit into the whole picture of housing? Well, it's, it's a really interesting question, Bruce, because I think when we say small housing, we immediately think of some of those reality shows where people were making houses out of trailers and, 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 and the certain anomalies we hear about these really sort of vanguard movements yeah. around housing. But I think really, in essence, what we're talking about is we're talking about ho- homes that are really appropriately sized. They're, they're the type of homes that, you know, myself, I just recently turned 60, and there was three of us as kids and two folks, and we grew up in a 1,200-square-foot home, and that was pretty typical of the suburbs. And that's the type of size housing we're talking about. We're talking about going back to a really appropriate and type of homes that a lot of us boomers grew up in, which is uh, homes that sort of meet our needs but aren't excessive. And when we look at the housing market over the last 30 years, our homes have gone up 30 to 40 percent for the typical family, and that family has gone from uh, upwards of you know six or five individuals down to 2.3, I think is the latest uh, Canada stats on what a, what a typical household is. So what we're really looking at is how can we get more appropriate sized housing into existing neighborhoods that are throughout BC. Now, we often think about laneway housing as being one of the ones that uh, is a better use of land, perhaps controversial at times, but uh, where does that fit into the equation? Oh, I think that's such a terrific example, Bruce. I mean, I think that is something that was a, a very, you know, and we like talking about the type of housing we're, proposing is gentle density we're com- we're talking about how do we take an existing neighborhood that might have um it, you know maybe even be depleted in, in the individuals that used to traditionally live in it and how do we start to get that population back but how do we do that by building ground orientated homes that are of the appropriate nature for people because we have people who want to start a family and but they want to be able to have a backyard and we have uh, older folks who may be thinking of leaving the workforce or are already already out of the workforce and have a lot of equity, but maybe not have the resources they need to get by on a day-to-day basis. So when we start to look at Lingley housing, it was a really good example of how we could start to add a small domicile in the back, roughly, you know, somewhere between six to 600 to 1,000 square feet. And, and from I can speak for myself because I've been very uh, active in that part of the, the um in the housing spectrum, and those typically are, are really, they become the de facto starter home in so many communities. Jake, I grew up uh, in the Lower Mainland in Tawasson and in a very typical home for a four-person family, which is what we had. And growing up, uh, our house was well under 2,000 square feet. 
Um, but uh, that's not the case for many families today. They've got more than one family in the house. Sometimes they've got rental suites. Sometimes they're multi-generational families. Uh, and they would argue, I would imagine, that some of those larger houses are required for the uh, larger ways of people coming together. What do you say about that? Oh, I, I think that's very valid. And nowhere in this equation are we advocating for a, a homogenous approach that this would be the only type of housing out in the, in the housing spectrum. What we're saying is that there are, is, is a large volume, we think, of individuals or, or, or certainly an, an active part of the housing uh, sector where people are in houses that aren't what they need. They're, they're overhoused. They, have, they don't have enough resources. They're, they're looking to help their family start uh, into the housing market. And this is an opportunity where, sure, we have a lot of people who we've seen have laneway houses and they let their kids build a laneway house in the back. But what if their kids could do that and actually own that property and sense of it being strata titled? And then at one point when they're ready to move on, maybe the parents move into the back the parents would get resources off the front and the kids would have resources to have a slightly larger place because maybe their family's growing. So there's, there's room within all of this for there to be great rental opportunities, great ownership opportunities. And yes, some, in some cases we'll get multi-generation living in one environment. And other times we'll have families who would prefer to have independence and be able to carry their own mortgage and have some opportunities to gain uh, the equity one expects off home ownership. The biggest uh, value in a piece of property is not the house to begin with, it's uh, the property itself. And I wonder, Jake, if that's the reason why you see neighbourhoods today where uh, you've got a very big house and absolutely no yard. Uh, you know, I think that's really true. But, you know, the one thing I'd like to take the conversation is a slightly different direction, Bruce. You know, the, the thing I think is really important is one of the things that we really have suffered about tremendously in our housing market is land speculation. And, and that land speculation has people been, as you say, buying the more expensive entity, which is the, the dirt, for lack of a better term. And often we'll have these small houses or, or older houses or dilapidated houses, which are inconsequential, even though they're, they're viable housing for people. And what happens is those places get ripped down and, uh, and the person who's bought that property and speculation will build a big house in hopes of, you know, generally because that's what they can build. And, and they're hoping to make both profit off the land and the house. And what we're proposing and what we really see as an opportunity is that those homeowners who have that property can look at that opportunity to put, get the right size home for themselves, get some equity off the property, produce some more housing. But in within this equation, we see and our, our, our uh, clear indicators for us is this is not a land speculation Deal. This is where someone can have something that they already own and can potentially get some revenues off it while producing house, and at the same time get that kind of very uh, inflationary device of land speculation out of the equation as we try to look for housing solutions across the province. Jake, uh, where's small housing BC going uh, with uh, municipalities? What do you want municipalities and cities to think of changing to allow more of the type of housing you're talking about? Well, I have to say, we really applaud um, these, I think, what I would consider a very bold and, and uh, forward-thinking action on the part of the uh, provincial government looking at starting to mandate getting more than one home per, per lot as a as of right for a homeowner. They have the right to do that. They don't have to do that, but they have a right to do that. 
And then what we see and what we're advocating for is that in these areas where we can actually get more density in a lot, you know, especially places where it's really conducive to it, like in a corner lot and so forth, that we start looking at allowing enough gentle density and ideally, uh, we might even see properties where that could take the density where it gets a little higher, that they would actually be able to produce one unit that would be sold below market. And ideally, we would feel very that that was a real win for us, that we'd start to see multiple units in a lot, but that we're entrenching in a permanent uh, place in the housing sector, housing in our neighborhoods that are market housing, but just slightly below market, so that those teachers, yeah. firefighters, and service people can actually afford to live in the communities that they're working It's an interesting idea, Jake, and uh, thanks for outlining it with us, and one that I think we're going to be following in the future as more of these challenges do come up. Thank you so much, Bruce, and we have lots of examples and information at our website, uh, smallhousingbc.org.